So Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. Uh, we all know what happened at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Change him. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? And I want to talk about it. Like, I see both sides. I always see both sides. But today I have Judita De Silva, the most intelligent. How else, what, how else should I, de- how, how else should I <laughs> describe you? Um, just general awesomeness, just oozing out of my person. The all-knowing. <laughs> okay, so tell me, tell me your thoughts on Will Smith. Are you on his side? Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Um, oh, but basically I'm on the side of, I'm actually going to say something so shocking now. I'm actually on the side of racist white people. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. In this particular incident, that's what I mean. Like my head was, my head is actually, my brain is hot because I've literally been talking about this and typing and texting about this for like the past two days. But but here's the question, because what side are racist white people on? Because what I've seen going on on social media is... It's really mainly black men that are really against uh, that are really against Will Smith for this, and and I don't haven't gotten a sense that racist white people really care because they're like oh black on black crime, whatever, right? But I think for me, what I see when I think about the black men, um, specifically black men in America that are so against Will Smith, to me, what I see is that. for them they're just so used to not supporting black women and it's almost like this hatred how dare this man hit another black man over a black woman so like that's what i that to me that's what i read when i see all this anger people like kevin samuels were coming for will smith everybody's coming for him about august alcina but for me i'm just like you hate black women that much (laughs) that you feel this much distaste in your, you know, by seeing a black man defend his wife who has a sickness. Okay. Yeah. Let me know so, like hundred percent, because that's why I say it's like, why I'm on the side of racist white people. It's basically the gatekeepers of the Oscars. It strikes at the very heart of what Jada Pinkett was trying to do in 2016, where she says, build your own things. Why are we waiting for the crumbs from their table? Build your own things. Let's boycott. Let's move on. Let's build. Because the reason why Black people want to get into the Oscars, the reason why it's the most hallowed night of entertainment in the world, white people built it to be that. And they didn't want you to be part of it. What you have done with this this action is hand them a silver bullet. This was the blackest, blackest Oscars they've ever done. Will Packer was directing it. There was a black director of music. Two of, two of the three hosts were black. They had Meg Thee Stallion, who's the number one female rapper of the moment. They had Beyonce open it. Think about what the Oscars were when we were growing up. If you get nominated, it's an honor because you get to perform on the Oscar stage. She's now at a stage where I'll perform in Compton, I'll do what I want, and they let you do what you want. I mean, she's Beyonce. <laughs> like, here's... Let's also acknowledge the fact that they need the ratings. They haven't had this type of publicity in years. Like, I, you know, we've been going to the Oscars for a while and we've been watching it decline every year. So they've brought a new sense of relevance to the Oscars, even though like, yes, it's not classy or whatever, however you want to put it. But hey, people are talking about the Oscars. People that probably didn't grow up knowing what it was. The young kids now, they're like, oh, what's that? Now they know what it is. But this is the key thing. There's, that's why I say it's kind of like James Bond. 
the Oscars is a thing that has to naturally die out because based on what the Oscars is, the minute you dilute it or try to metamorphosize it, it's no longer the Oscars. Because I tell you this, Kenan, the reason why Black people want get so bothered when they're not included is because of that thing that you've built, that illustrious, prestigious thing that seems so out of reach. It's the pinnacle of white fantasy. Okay. And you want to be part of that. The minute you turn it to make everybody, it's a free-for-all, it's the Grammys. And look at what's happening to the Grammys. What's happening to the Grammys? Well, it's like Drake might show up, he might not. Beyonce might show up, he might not. Everyone's saying it's irrelevant. For you to get an Oscars ticket, you show up. You behave yourself. You say thank you and please. You look the best you've ever looked in your life. They've built that up because that's a respect that goes because there are greater artists than Beyonce of their time who, if you get nominated, you show up and you perform. But it's now at a stage where it's a power play that it's a politics that she knows she's not going to win. Who, who is she? Who is she? Beyonce. Beyonce knows she's not winning. Like in the Grammys, part of the politics is that the agents know who's going to win. That's how they lobby. That's how the Grammys lobby for who's going to perform. And that's why they don't show up if they're not, um, if they're like Beyonce typically doesn't perform if she's not winning. Uh, so I thought it was interesting, but I hear, I hear you. I just wonder why film has this much clout. And I know that, yes, there's a lot more money that goes into film production than, um, than, you know, music. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I almost feel, I mean, I'm a filmmaker. I love film and all that. Film is not what it was even five years ago. It doesn't have the same impact. That's number one. Number two, it's almost to me, they act as though, the, you know, it's like going to like a presidential ball or something. Like they act as though, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Like I, I have respect for it and everything, but as I've also worked in politics and been to the presidential things, I understand the need for all the checks and balances. And I don't see, to me, it's a little bit pretentious because what are you, just even the whole process of like going to the Oscars and the restrictions, we're not dealing with heads of states. We're not dealing with... I mean, they're yes, they're very famous, but I, I feel like it's this pretentiousness that it doesn't live up to it. It doesn't live up to it. It's, that's what it does. It, the key, yeah, it doesn't live up to it, but that's exactly what it is. It's all pretense. But what you're doing is collective complicity in the pretense. Because okay. what you're saying, at the end of the day, you're pretending to be something that's acting and you're doing it for my entertainment. Who cares? I'm, I've got other better things and more important things to do. But what they're doing is enforcing their importance by telling you how to see them as important. That's right. the Oscar. That's why they invented it. Because saying, oh, yeah, we all act. But if we have something that if you get this award, we're saying you're better than everyone else. And the minute you're better than everyone else, you earn more money. You bet get you get better work. People pay you more attention. And everybody else sees the way it changes your career. So that's how you build up the prestige of this award. So here's the issue, though, because... I come back to the pandemic and the fact that uh, because of COVID, a lot of these films have not been watched. And also people haven't gone back into the routine of going into the movie theaters, right? So to be honest, half the films that were nominated, I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of them. And I'm a filmmaker, but I like to say I'm also like a digital, I, I'm about the digital landscape. So if it's not on Netflix, sometimes even if it's on HBO Max, I'm probably not going to watch it. Because what, where the world is right now, what the consumers want right now, it's, it's really about free YouTube videos, free TikTok content. And then if we're going to sit and watch something, it's going to be a series.
so like i'm just saying film i'm not saying it's it, it, i know I, I don't know how to i don't want to describe it like it's dying because i don't think it's ever gonna die but i feel like it's almost going to be like a, a, a work of art that people appreciate you know but i don't think that it has the same social relevance that it used to have and because of that the the authority that the academy used to have because of the influence that they had in society well that is dwindling too so then the question is about where are we going to really respect what this award show what you're telling us this award show is that's why like precisely so that's why i say that the oscars is like james bond there is no room in 2022 for a white man who saves the world there's just no room for that. That's just not what people are going to the cinema to watch. Da Daniel Craig changed things because Daniel Craig was kind of rough and ready. He seemed like I might see him in an East End pub and he'd fit in. So that kind of brought it to a kind of grit and relevance, but he only bought it a certain length of time. But now they're scrambling. Do we put a black woman here? Money Penny's black. This, you can't shoehorn current, like being current into something that's vintage. And with the Oscars, the reason why I say I'm with the racist whites and as far as Will Smith and Chris Rock being wrong, the Oscars is what it is. It's a fundamentally white fantasy. And the minute you opened your doors to black people, they they had a fight. In the history of the Oscars, people will fight at after parties and so on. You brought yourselves here and this is what you do. It's something that is unprecedented in the 94 years of this this show and think about all the kinds of things like your Joaquin Phoenixes, your Robert Downey Jr.'s, your Marlon Brando's, your Christopher Walken's, your Warren Beatty's. You have had badly behaved actors, but they get to that show and they behave. Well, okay, I, they behave. I hate to push the narrative that you open up the doors to black people and it becomes I like I I hear you what you're where you're coming from, but I just I hate to push that narrative. That, um, no, what it doesn't what, matter what to I, us. But I'm saying that right. what you're saying is a window for that but, but, silver bullet. I guess, which is fine, okay. But what I will say, the difference between, you know, all these various actors that you talked about in the past that come to the Oscars and they had to respect the Oscars is because they were the, the, Aca the Academy Hollywood were the gatekeepers of your success. They determined whether they can uh, fix you or not. In today's media landscape... Somebody like a Will Smith, who, number one, creates his own films. So he owns his own productions company. He can go and build a studio. He can do all that if he wants. He owns his audience. There's no actor in Hollywood that is more relevant and entrepreneurial than Will Smith. Will Smith is the biggest YouTuber, the biggest uh, Instagrammer, and the biggest TikToker. So... He owns his audience, unlike everybody else in that room who has to wait for somebody to put them on. You see what I'm saying? But do you see why then is it? I just want to line and say that because of this level of confidence and this level of ownership, which is the key. Okay, I can't say everyone else in the room because Tyrell Perry is also in that room and Beyonce and all these other people. But in terms of actors, right, renowned actors. So, um... And like, so a Will, a Will Smith is not the same as a Denzel because Denzel didn't take the time to build up a social media following and become relevant to the youth. If you ask a five-year-old who's Will Smith, they can tell you who he is because of his social media influence. And in addition to that, he very strategically, you know, implemented a very similar thing to what the Kardashians have done. So he has relevancy that has been spread amongst his family. 
each and every one of them are their own celebrity. So when Jaden Smith, you know, tweeted and said, whatever, this is how we do it. It's almost like he got a celebrity endorsement, you know, even though it's his son and he's the one that built that for his son. It was still a separate celebrity endorsement, you know. You see, it's like, so they're because of the unit. The, they 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 are a famous family. They have all this, you know, impact and ownership. You can never cancel him. <laughs> it's not. It's not about canceling him because what I'm saying is this: everything you said is bang on about Will Smith. But why does Will Smith want an Oscar so much? It's perception. The Oscars have built up a brand built on perception of greatness. It doesn't matter how big he becomes, he feels he hasn't made it yet until he gets that Oscar. Him not being nominated for concussion bothered Jada so much because in their head, we've done what the work, we've given the performance, we want that Oscar. So for all he has, why does he want that Oscar so much? The politics of perception. That's the currency that the Oscars deal in because what right. the Oscars say is, if you get this, you're the best. And you're the different kind of best. You're a best that white people say you're the best. Right. Why is it that people don't care as much if they win a BET award as if they win a Grammy? Because unfortunately for the Af African-American community, until white people stamp rubber stamp you, you're not there yet. I won't, I won't say that I won't, right. I won't say it's exclusive to the white American community. I think it's probably black people and society at large. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's I'll that kind of thing. So with the Oscars, you, the Oscars is irrelevant. But what they've built is so powerful because it was built by the architects of Hollywood. So the, from the studio system to what we have now, and that thing is so ingrained where the greatest names in film are symbiosed with this Oscar thing. So now if I want to be the greatest, I want my name alongside theirs, I've got to get that golden statue. Like think about propaganda during war. Controlling the mind and thought For sure. is the greatest power you can have. Hundred percent. It's like in the UK. Um, in the UK, someone like Paul McCartney doesn't have to ever release another song again. The way we they see you in the UK is all the currency you need till you die. So I think that there are so many parallels uh, between what what you've described as the Oscar and and like you said politics and Ukraine I even see it in how the media is pushing the Ukraine narrative but because of the nature of social media we're sort of like as a society rejecting that um, I don't think there's as much opposition to the Oscars because I don't think that there's a there's an elusiveness of it right they've created they've created this archetype or whatever they've created this thing but they haven't told you how they did it, what they did it. All you know is, look, look at the sun, look at the sun, and it's up there. Precisely. So it's that thing I, where I can't understand what to do to get it. If I right. get it, I just become right. one of these special people. Right. So it's that kind of, it's almost like the the architecture of white supremacy. That's that's literally, this is literally what I was about to say right now. It's 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 exactly the way white supremacy was built. Like, and I, and I break this down in so many um, of my videos, but like white white supremacy was built to be invisible um and it was bu built to make it, the protectors of it not even aware of their protection of it but to instead and to uh point our fingers to whatever else let's look at you know let's judge let's protect it defend this system and and point our fingers and funny enough when when you draw the parallels because media is the most impactful um media is the most impactful uh, thing when you're in terms of controlling the mind um 
so not only does the the you like american or western news push that narrative of white supremacy but so does the oscars and they ha all have to work together to be symbolisms of white supremacy or agents of white supremacy to continue to push that narrative right yeah and that's why i say about perception it's so terrifying but also beautiful because once you implant the perception particularly in the minds in the minds of african americans you can just sit back and they perpetuate it amongst themselves coming back to the points that you said about look at the way black men are so viscerally reacting to will smith because what you're doing is triggering them into identifying behaviors that were reflected in chris rock's behavior you are in a world where to be a black woman, part of your existence is you, it is open season on the way you look. You are the butt of the joke. You are open for humiliation. Do you know, if people were talking about Ricky Gervais cracked these jokes and blah, blah. Ricky Gervais, when you look at his comedy, he will mock choices you've made, things you've done. Alcoholism is a choice. Drug addiction, you choose to take drugs, then you have a, a propensity to be addict, an act to be addictive. The girlfriends Leonardo DiCaprio has, that's a choice. Being friends with Harvey Weinstein or Jeffrey Epstein, that's a choice. Making a bad movie, that's a choice. He won't go after the way you look. That's low-hanging fruit. He right. goes after who you are and what you do, which What's is why this? it's even more painful. But what right. black, these comics do is, like, what Chris Rock did is what every is basically what opens the gates gives sanction to everyone else to do because the gatekeepers to the respect and esteem of any female group is their men because of the law of the jungle the strongest will decide so the men will dictate what's possible with our women we see all the terrible stuff that happens to arab women within their country but you dare be an outsider and violate an arab woman they will crucify you they're the gatekeepers you would never disrespect an Arab woman because you know what would happen. Same as a white woman. But when the world is constantly being shown that these group of men bastardize their own women, it's open season on. 100%. And so I even, uh, right, I go back to the Oscars 2016 and it, the, it, the, when he made that joke about Jada. Jada says she's not coming. Protesting. I'm like, is she on a TV show? Jada's gonna boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> Look at the cameras didn't go to the men's reactions. It went to the white and Indian and you know multiracial women's reactions. So they they're even playing into these stereotypes right and this allows women of all races compare that's why they say they almost like they always uh you know there's, there's this narrative that you know you know these people take uh black men from you know but i don't i mean i don't necessarily agree with the, the, that sort of mentality but it's in a way it's like it pushes the narrative that allows black men to continue to abuse black women and disregard them and elevate other races of women right that's really the this, problem this year at the oscars they were celebrating 50 years of um godfather 30 years of pulp fiction 60 years of james bond in no time to die i was sitting i live in suburb the suburbs of north london i was in a cinema filled with white people obviously and then the scene comes where the they have this black woman is going to be in James Bond. They've been touting. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be like Grace Jones playing Mayday 2.0. And I'm excited. So then you, it, the scene comes where she finally speaks to James Bond and they have their first proper scene together. 
And what's the first thing that happens? A joke about her hair. And I'm sitting in the cinema. In James Bond? In James yeah. Bond. So she's this agent, spoiler alert. And she she basically seduces him and goes back to his his flat. And then she's very assertive sexually. And then she walks into his room and he just follows behind her. And then she turns around while she's standing in front of his bed and then takes off her wig. And then she goes, well, that's not the first thing I thought you thought to take off. And the entire cinema erupts in laughter. And I'm just sitting there feeling like this small that you've decided to put a black woman in bond as an agent, someone formidable, and you introduce her as the butt of the joke for her hair. And then I found out that a white woman wrote that script. So to have that, why would she think have the audacity to do such a thing? Why does she feel that is not even necessary? It con contributed nothing to the story or the plot. Why put that in? That is learned behavior. Where do they even get that language of comedy from people like Chris Rock? So, so why, yeah, this is why, what, sorry, this, this is, is why I go. Oh, sorry, that notorious video of when he's sitting in a room with Louis C.K., Ricky Gervais and, some, and Jerry Seinfeld. And Louis C.K. and Ricky Gervais, I think it's Ricky Gervais, I can't be sure, don't quote me. They're saying the N-word repeatedly and cracking jokes about it. And Chris Rock is there and he's not take, challenging them on it. But for some strange reason, Jerry Seinfeld doesn't chime in. And then they kind of go to Jerry Seinfeld and he just says, I don't see, feel the need to use that word. And in that moment, you can see Chris Rock is aware of what he looks like because it took the Jewish guy to let you know that this is wrong. But that's Chris Rock all over. He opens the door. Where was this? That. Must find that clip. But this was years ago. Years ago. White people are rich. They're just rich forever and ever. Even their <laughs> kids are rich. Yeah. But when a black guy gets rich, it's countdown to when he's poor again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's the blackest white guy I well, fucking know. And, I'm, and then all the, the negative things we think about black people, this fucker. You're saying I'm a... Yes, you are the... Fucking white man <laughs> I have ever. Oh, oh amazing! I, I don't think he he could do that. Oh, what? Uh, I don't think he has those qualities. I mean, no, you don't even understand. Really? You don't you don't really know him. Like you, I've worked with him. No, like your bit no. about. Uh, no. I wouldn't use it anywhere. No, exactly. These two. These two. We use say that on stage. On stage. <laughs> You guys don't. That's a, yeah. It's an yeah, interesting that's the two teams that's here. The difference between, like, yeah. That's right. That's right. We, we say that on stage, you guys ways, don't. But that's definitely a pairing. Who, who we says say on stage? We don't. Well, you just did. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. You and me say no, nigger no, in not, private. No, no. These two guys. <laughs> these two guys don't. I don't believe he says it in private. I'm giving it up just because it's played. I don't believe it's. Yeah. I don't think you've ever said it probably in your life. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it. That's a huge difference between you and me, I think. Well, you found the humor of it. Yeah. I haven't found it. Right. Do you know Nor that? do I see. Wow. So he's just sort of, yeah, I see what you mean. So here's the, my issue with Chris Rock. Let's not forget that R Chris Rock made a movie, Good Hair. And he, and he, in that movie, he went to India. He explored how weaves, wigs, black hair. So he understands the meaning of black hair and what it means to black women and what it means to their image. This lie, this idea that as black women, like this is why my hair is natural. I haven't done anything. Well, I guess I bleached my hair. You could say that, <laughs> whatever. But the idea about like, as a black woman, I can't walk around just like this as my hair is. It's 
it's right it's unacceptable for me to be who i am that we, that's why black hair is a multi-billion dollar business because women black women are made to feel insecure that they have to invest all their resources which we're already underpaid but then we now they put us further in more debt by making sure our money our resources go into uh, our hair which majority of the time is owned by white men <laughs> these industries are making white men richer so they've lied to us told us that we're not acceptable the way that we are and so that our money a large percent of our money is invested into white men further so chris rock sort of understands this system and for him to then use that knowledge and then attack jada pinkett who by the way She's what they quote unquote, the quote unquote preference. That's what they even describe her as a preference, light skinned, blue eyes, you know, but someone even like her is belittled. What happens to the naturally 100% black woman that we don't even see in those rooms? But look at them, look at just the optics of it. There's a black man standing in a room filled with a majority of white people saying, laugh at this black woman for how she looks right that's what's so sick about it because we, it's like you've literally just said it's almost like you've opened you've unleashed the dogs of war and said attack but you see it's 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 learned behavior through slavery right through slavery that is how the happy yes right this is this is behavior and he doesn't may not even realize it these black men that do this you know but they're still perpetuating the behaviors, the systems that were built through slavery that don't come from me, come from my women. Because at the end of the day, slavery was a survival mentality, right? And it's better, and to anyone that's trying to survive, better him than me, better her than me. And so it's not just an issue with uh, black women. It's also an issue with black men because when it comes against it, the black men will still fight and and okay, I want to I want to also address the fact that every six hours in America, a black woman is killed by a black man. And so, just that thought that these black men are killing black women, and this is why, to me, when I see the reaction from black men, because they have not been taught, they do not understand how to protect their no, women. They, no, no, that's why I differ. They do. This is the key to it. You know, like when they say when when you see in all the movies when someone new joins a gang. The first thing they want you to do is kill someone because the mentality of that is that now your hands are dirty too, so we can trust you. That's when cops go undercover into deep cover, they've got to do something. So they look, I'm a criminal, sorry, I'm a criminal too. So with this kind of situation, what you have is, it's almost like the Uncle Tom mentality that I will get white sanction if I bash black people but I'm too scared to bash a black man because physically he can take me on. So pick on the weakest, bash the weakest and everyone's gonna approve because it's almost like you don't want to be on the bottom. So who can I step on? So I'm not at the bottom. So step on black women. You wouldn't dare do it to anyone else because they're protected. And the key about the way people are, the black men that are reacting the way they do, it's about shame. When you're in a situation where a black man does the right thing, he shows that it's possible to do the right thing, which highlights the fact that you've chosen not to do the right thing. And that makes you feel bad, which goes to the point I was saying about gangs. You have to all be guilty together, then you feel comfortable. 
The minute one person steps out of line, it exposes you and you don't trust him. So that's why attack Will Smith, attack Will Smith. So there was like that point that um, it was, oh, the boxer that's what, the money that has the money team, what's it, Mayweather. He was on um, Drink Champs with his son. And obviously son is mixed race. And um, what's his, the name of the host with a Latin sounding name? Uh, uh, Nori, Noriega or something? He's he then says sees the his son because you know Mayweather's very proud and he goes oh you've got that good hair yeah, he seriously got good hair too he got good hair you no 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 because there's colorism when we say that he's saying Becky with the good hair so if Becky got the good hair then what what who got the bad hair well who got the bad right. hair because the opposite of good is bad right. so once again we that's colorism and instantly Mayweather nipped it in the bud and he says don't do that don't tell my son stuff like that because if he's got good hair what's bad hair. Who's got the bad hair? And then you should you could literally see the face like of Noriega where he was trying to laugh it off, like calm down, man. Calm. Mayweather was not having it. What is it? Like, don't put that stuff in my son's head. But that kind of perpetuation of Becky with the good hair, you've like then what's bad hair? Bad hair is your own, your your own people's hair, which is such a it's so defunct and twisted. But coming back to the actual thing about the Oscars, everyone's been is starting to notice that. Everyone's talking about how they feel about feel about what Will Smith did. No one's feeling sorry for Chris Rock because that strikes as as a victim because that strikes at the heart about how people feel about Chris Rock because right now no white celebrity wants to touch this. They're just like let's see how it plays out black on black crime. So it's about <laughs> black. And so for all the black conversation it's about how you feel about Will Smith. There's a lot of bad feeling towards Chris Rock for a lot of things he has done and said over the years. Like when he said that his best friend is white, he doesn't trust black people with black people with his money. He do he said some, some spectacular stuff throughout the years. And he's with that whole, again, I, I'm gonna help you find that video with the whole N-word thing with the comedians. There's a way people feel about him, but it's never been addressed because people, they wanna see black people in the higher echelons. But now when things get elemental and things get, it's the law of the jungle now, he's beginning to understand the way people feel about you really that even when you're a victim of assault they're not really gonna stand by no one's gonna root for you so actually the people that i have seen supporting chris rock are uh black men especially you know well not i want to say all black men i think there's a divide they're the black men that are like protect our women they're the black men that haven't been taught to protect our women and you know those are the ones that i see attacking and I think I've seen a lot of comedians, but I identified that they're not defending Chris Rock because they feel sorry for Chris Rock. They're defending Chris Rock because they know if Will Smith gets away with this, it's open season on us as comedians. So I don't, for, I know the kind of things I say in my stand up, people are going to be slapping me left, right and center. That's why they're defending Chris Rock. Well, 100% like to be uh, on a, on a professional level to me, what Will Smith did was unacceptable um you know just completely unhinged uh this is him he was performing um you're an actor you know you're an actor imagine you're performing you're doing a performance on stage and somebody comes and punches you it's ridiculous um so i understand why people are upset with will smith but i don't feel as though he needs to be canceled and also there's an added pressure that he already he's al he's already been the butt of the joke um for the past two years his marriage all of that. So everyone has always been coming for him. So they're just always ready. The people that call him a simp, they're just ready 
to ridicule him. They're ready to come after him, uh, which I don't, I don't support that. Uh, but I do acknowledge that it was extremely unprofessional of him, uh, extremely unhinged. And that I, I don't think there's any place for that sort of thing. That's why I said, like, I, that's why I have to say, like, based on where, how I feel, which is that way, that's how the white racist gatekeepers of the Oscars feel that don't bring that mess to here. Which this is fine. Is it, once you hear in the first place, because well, this is the first time we open doors completely open, you do something like this, which has never been done before. So it reminds me of uh, the guy, the deaf man that won the Oscar for the movie. I think it was called Coda. Kuda. Right. So, and I, he, he mentioned going to the white house and he wanted to teach Joe Biden curse words. Um, and to me on one regard, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Why not? Like, it's cool. Like he's a human, whatever. We can laugh about stuff like that. Right. Um, but on the other side, it's like, well, this is the leader of the free world. It's kind of disrespectful to the office to have such conversations. You know, and I, I, and so in that regard, it's like, it, it's also ties into this idea of the perception of politics and what is acceptable to do in certain settings and how rules are, are can be broken depending on the individual that holds that office. Like Donald Trump does not uh, garner the same respect, you know, as your typical white man, just because of he has sort of destroyed uh, the image or his image. And then I think about also Barack Obama when he was in office. And I think Gary Vaynerchuk said he went to meet him and he was calling him Barack. And they told him, absolutely not. You're not going to call him Barack, you know. But, like, would he have done that if, it, if it, he was sitting with a white president, you know? So well, even look at what's happening with Katanji. Um, I've gotten her last name, the no Supreme Court nominee. Right. The kinds of questions that they've asked her have blown my mind, literally blown my mind. <laughs> And it's like, how would she even get to that chair, um, Tucker Carlson and whoever the else that person was, if she wasn't qualified? She wouldn't even and, be in that chair. And, and she's far more educated, qualified, and all the they things. She's than, more than... educated than four of the current Supreme Court judges combined. She's more qualified than them. Imagine. So, again, it just gets to me that between that and all the other stuff that I've been seeing this year with the Bond movie, with her, with now what's happening what they've said about Serena Williams, that dumb comments that Jane Campion made where just for you to say thank you, like say thank you for your award and get lost. But no, for me to be elevated, I must push you down. What have you got to do with Serena Williams and Venus? Just leave, leave them alone and take, you've won, take your award and go home. But it's that mentality that it's open season on black women and it's okay if I do something like that. That's just the hardwiring people have. And right. where did it come from? It comes from the lineage of people like Chris Rock, people like that Kevin Samuels chap, where in your life, because there's a kind of fear of insignificance, you have to feel you're better than someone. So you pick this target and bash it and bash it. How on earth does the entire, entire music industry know that a man is raping children, but because those children are black females, they let get it go. away with this for almost 30 years. Kelly. It's incredible. There is literally a video of him doing it. But because the victim wouldn't come forward, you can't try a crime with no victim. And so everybody said, well, he got it. He, they, they said it was innocent. So it's like, what are you doing? But then make just one of those people a white girl. He'd probably be dead by now. And that's and that was the conversation. Like, if Will Smith had gone up, 
to punch a white man, the whole Oscars would have been an uproar. It's over. It's over. You but know. then that's the key thing where you said, I completely agree with you. It was a performance on Will Smith. He was already in the zone. Like everyone knew he was a shoe in to win. When Chris Rock uh, cracked that joke initially, he did the normal like laugh it off. Everybody, you know, I, I don't take myself too seriously. He then turned and saw his wife's face. And in that moment, I believe he tweaked that she's probably said stuff to him about 2016. Oh, 100%. She said I'm, stuff I'm... about stand up for me and like the problems they've had in their marriage and what she's wanted from him that he's failed to give her. She says it's on Red Table Talks, for God's sake, that the things he's failed to give her and understand about her. And in that moment, he saw her face and says like, wait a second, the whole world is watching my wife be humiliated. She and I'm laughing. About it. It was about it. And I'm laughing. I've got to over make up for this. And he took it too far. So my situation with that is that with with Will Smith, what you've done, ironically, like Tiffany Haddish said, it's impressive to see it done, but it's the, just the wrong location, the wrong time and the wrong execution. Because if you really wanted to make a statement, take her by the hand, stand up and walk out. Everyone will be talking about it. That's, oh, he walked out, he walked out. Did you see what he walked out? Let the imagination do the work for you say nothing and just walk out and the perfect thing to do is do white girl 101 jada pinkett start crying just start crying <laughs> just crocodile tears yourself to the max and then people go out oh my god that would be Master. oh my god because like well, they always expect a, a black woman you have to take the pain you have to you you have to take it take it and be strong and i love the whole social media thing is like i don't want to be strong i don't want to have to be strong i want i'm a lady of le uh, leisure you know that's sort of like the energy with black women like i don't want to have to be yeah because strong you said, i don't know whether it was viola davis or octavia spence or someone like that who said that no, don't bring strong black woman to me. I'm not strong. I look at me, I'm quite, I'm not strong. Because <laughs> when you labeled me as strong, it gives you a get out clause to not defend me when I need it. Because yeah. I'm strong, I'll take care of it. Yeah. It's like, no, don't brand me. Don't brand me with that. Anybody who calls me strong black woman, I always correct. I say, don't put that on me. Look at me, I can't fight. I'm t I would be terrible in a fight. So where does that come from? What strength have I got? I have no upper body strength. I couldn't do a pull up if you trained me for the next year. So... It's all of these tropes that when, like, that's right. I mean, I would say to the Oscars that when you want inclusion, you include everything. If you want to really let black people, pin, black people in, you take all of us. And that moment was so much deeper with so many more levels than a guy cracked a joke about, about hurt someone with alopecia. And then you know, there was so much more work. Every black woman around the world instantly got it instantly got and, and even women even just women in general you know women in general most people no no they wouldn't no no you this is something you need to, to point out that hair joke oh yeah yes yeah yeah why would the, a white female writer write the, the gag in james bond it's not until people start drumming at home that that's wrong like look at the face of ingenue ellis look at uh, miss pauletta's face next to denzel washington all those people get it but the biggest thing that really messed me up this is the one that really messed me up was denzel washington why why denzel washington like when you see denzel washington's face where he was teary-eyed and doing the him winning and so on and the, look at the comments he even made to will smith where is at your highest point is when the devil will come for you there are only two people on earth who know how high the stakes are as a black man at the top in hollywood 
Sidney Poitier and Denzel Washington. Every other black actor has never gotten to that place. Do you know what it means to for, think about Pelican Brief where they wanted you to play the love interest of Julia Roberts at that time. The woman from Pretty Woman and Steel Magnolians and Mystic Pizza, she's the beauty of the day. She's the Ava Gardner, the Elizabeth Taylor. She's the one. And they were willing to let you be the love interest. And he said, no, he's not comfortable with that. Who is this? Denzel Washington. Right. Because okay. when you watch Pelican Brief, it seems odd that, why the hell is there no love story? Because he said he didn't want it. Because when they interviewed him later, he said he knew Black women are my biggest fan base. And I didn't want to do something to disrespect them. And in the, that moment, that thing where every choice you make is high stakes, you've got to be thinking 10 steps ahead. Look at everything, the game's being played at your expense. Look at it. In the history of time, there's a legacy where for African-Americans, and I be for all Black people, there must always be a great Black hope standing. Because unfortunately, we need one. Sidney Poitier began something we never thought would be possible. They identified his heir apparent, which was Denzel. Denzel has not failed. But why is it it has taken so long to find his heir apparent? Because ever since him, only three contenders have come up. Mashallah Ali, Chadwick Boseman, and Will Smith. It can't be Chadwick Boseman, he passed away. And, but Chadwick Boseman was the ideal age because he had decades in him. He was the ideal age. That's probably why Denzel invested in him. It can be Mashallah Ali because you don't have a long enough pedigree. You haven't been in the game and at that top level of the game with the star power. Because as they say, there are actors and there are movie stars. And then rarely you get people who are both. That's Sidney Poitier, that's Denzel. Mashallah Ali is an actor. He's not a movie star. What about Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan doesn't have the acting chops. Because okay, when you look at him, the guy has, is a movie star. He's not an actor. He could never execute the kinds of films that Mashallah Ali does, ever. What you have with Will Smith is potentially a doubleheader, but he's never given the performance necessary to prove it. He came close with concussion, but the Nigerian accent was terrible. This was the movie. King Richard was the movie. And that's why Denzel, because look at the nature of this award season. On the red carpets, Denzel is like, I'm passing the torch. They're joking on the red carpet because Denzel knows what's happening that this is the movie because the minute you get an Oscar, you're in that conversation with them. And he can finally say, this is the guy. I'm going to back off now. This is the guy. And Will Smith lost, lost it by his actions. He lost it. He lost it. Because that's Destroyed the key it. about high stakes. Once you're in that position with Sydney Poitier and Denzel, you can never put a foot wrong. Sydney never did. Denzel never has. Thus far, Will Smith never had. And then you do this. So when you see Denzel face, Denzel's face, that's grief at loss because he knows what, because that's the weight of the black community. When you're seeing all the memoirs about Sidney Poitier, he carried the black community on his back and was like, I know no other actor has to deal with this pressure, but I'll take it and I'll carry it and I'll do it. Like that choice I brought about Pelican Brief, Denzel knew it, he took it and he carried it. So now it was like, you're the one. And for you to do this, it means you don't get it. It doesn't well, matter what happens, I think, you don't fail. I think I hear you, but I think the times are, have changed. I think what we require has changed. It's like the conversation about people not caring about the Oscars. Movie Movies themselves are declining. Right? 
yes, it's uh, uh, the high stakes are yes, it's a piece. Of, it's like looking at a piece of art and saying, "Wow, the Van Gogh and blah blah blah." Yes, I get that from that perspective, but to the basic average man who doesn't care about watching a Dunes on in a movie theater and wants to watch it on their phone, which this is what the Gen Zers are doing. They watch these things on their cell phones. They don't watch it on even computers. They don't give. They don't care. 